Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Daphne. And I'm Ilaria. And today our guest is none other than Layla Ali. She is a world champion boxer. You might recognize the last name. Yes, she is the daughter of the greatest, Muhammad Ali. She is also a mother to two beautiful children. She is a wife. She is a business person. She is um, bringing out, actually, as she'll tell us a little later in the interview, really uh, like an amazing line of um, of wellness tools and some spices also. So she loves to cook. She loves to cook. She loves getting her nails done. And <laughs> you know what? She is a really, really, really thoughtful mom. And inspiring. Very, very, much so. very self-aware, very focused on her journey, which is one of my favorite things to do, talking to parents who are sort of like, hey, hey I, I began here, then this happened, and this is where my parents Parenting is going right now. And one of the things that I really love about her is she really is getting to know her kids and, and letting them be her guide mm-hmm. and, and being present for them. And I, you know, I, I definitely learned a lot from her. I did as well. And I think that you guys are going to love her openness about how she navigates when she and her husband have different parenting. I love attitudes. that she she uses the word fussing. Fussing, I know. I think I'm, I'm literally too. I'm literally going to start saying that with Alec. I'm going to be like, Alec, are you fussing with me? <laughs> All right, you guys enjoy this um, moment moments with Layla Ali. Mom. We like to give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves. We feel like you do it better than anyone else. Give us the, say your name and then give us your quick bio in your words. I'm Layla Ali and I am a boxing champion, a wellness and health advocate, a home chef and the CEO of Layla Ali Lifestyle Brand. So you've got two little kids. How old are they now? I do. I have Sydney who's seven and my son is uh, 10 now, Curtis. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're getting out of the toddler stage. So you are, you're ahead of the game for us. We've got seven kids between us, but all under the age of five. So uh, what do we have to look forward to? Ooh, we, we, yeah, you guys are in the thick of it. Seven kids between you under the age of five. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say that, you know, with each stage, it just changes, you know, there's just some, some new challenge, something new that's amazing. But I mean, I love being a mom, but obviously, as you know, it it can drive you crazy sometimes. So it's all about finding that balance. (laughs) Yes. How are they between the two of us? You know, we were just talking to we were just talking to Tova Klein, who's this like amazing toddler um, whisperer. whisperer, And we talked a lot about sibling rivalry. How is it? How is it with two at those ages? Because we're in the ages where they just beat each other a lot. Yeah. You know, when I I really made it a point when I brought Sydney home, you know, that I was going to tell Curtis, you know, it's your baby, too. You know, so he felt included. I, I always went out of my way to. Um, never just give her all of the attention. So we really had that balance from the beginning and he naturally um, embraced her. So I think it really always comes down to the temperament of of the child, the children you're dealing with, no matter what you do. Um, But I I definitely was very purposeful with that. And of course, now they fight all the time. I mean, but they still have that love for one another. Um, But I would say, 
you know, 40% of the time, you know, they're fighting. So especially with the age difference, you know, Sydney irritates her brother and she's a pesky little sister. Like she's not, <laughs> she's definitely not easy to deal with. Usually when something happens, it's always her, you know, so then I have to, I have to remind myself too, because you, you kind of automatically just start expecting like, Sydney, I'm calling, like if I hear them fighting, I'm like, Sydney, and she's like, why do you always, you know, blame me? And I was like, okay, I have to watch that. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, I, you know, something I'm so curious about because I I think about it with with my kids who are going through the more fighting physical years um, you know I, I've thought about getting them into different like martial arts or something like that because what I've learned is that even though it is a contact sport you learn so much restraint and you learn when it should be used you know in your line of work do how do you feel like that affects your parenting and and affects how um, how you bring your kids up just in terms of their physicality, anything from just like getting outside and running to also, you know, being namaste in the right, in the right moments and, and strong in the right moments. Well, I, I mean, if I understand your question, I think definitely just being an athlete, having the discipline that I had to have um, as an athlete and learning to um, push past what your mind is telling you, the limits that you put on your mind and holding it together in a moment of adversity, whether for me it was in the ring, you know, and you're actually getting hit Right. And then you have in a minute between each round to get your mind back, to get your heart rate back down and to remember your game plan. And there's just a lot of thoughts that go through your head. So I think it does um, definitely help you kind of, you know, stay balanced and focused during during anything, really. I mean, because I used to train uh, when I was running to even though my heart rate was going fast and, you know, I wanted to breathe, breathe, breathe to kind of just act like I was standing in the in the inside of a tornado, like all this is going on around me, but I'm going to stay calm keep my breathing calm um, because that would give me longevity through the fight. So, I mean, I definitely apply that, I think, to every area of my life. It's kind of like muscle memory with anything else. It just just makes things easier and smoother and more natural. But, I mean, parenting, honey, I don't care what – what you did or think you prepared for is always going to throw you for a loop, you know? I mean, yeah, you do. You get everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth or whatever. It feels a little bit like everyone thinks they know what parenting is until they actually have to become parents and, and live it every day. But I'm um, actually you brought up endurance. And I think that I, it's something I always think about with athletes, people who have in many ways mastered their physical bodies. And then you go into that newborn phase, especially. And it is taxing. It's exhausting. It's physically draining. Did you feel like you were relying or pulling from some of your athletic training when you were in that sort of early newborn phase? I didn't feel like I was um, because it was just so different than anything I'd ever done. And I'm sure that, you know, every no matter what, no matter what your experiences are, anytime you grow stronger as a person, it's going to, you know, be relate to other areas of your life, even if you don't feel it in the moment, because all those pieces are what make us who we are. But I think that I know that I've never been more tired than I've been when I became a parent. That's what I used to always say to new moms, because, you know, every mom's going to give you advice and there's all these books out there. But I used to always say, please get as much rest as you can, because life of of getting rest is over. Okay, I'm just Mm -hmm. like chronically tired all the time to the point where, you know, I don't even remember what it feels like not to be tired. So it's just different levels to my tiredness because it's hard to ever regain that sleep back. Because when I had my kids, you know, my son didn't sleep through the night. I was up with him. I was nursing. I was up with him every three hours and for a whole year. So I was like a zombie. And then with Mm -hmm. my daughter, I got a little smarter. And then like six months in, I did some sleep training because I finally, you know, (laughs) got my mind right. But, you know, at first I was like, no, I don't want to leave the baby there. And I was like, oh, man, I should have done this sooner. But I actually had to hire a, a professional and do some sleep training, you know. 
know, but but I don't regret it because we have a, a bond, you know, that's so strong from having that doing that attachment parenting and, you know, spending all that time together. So <laughs> that's so interesting that you went that you did both because I it was, we end up talking about sleep training a lot on this show because people moms want to know they're like when will I sleep again and how do I do this and is it worth it and we have people on both sides I, Hilaria co-sleeps and I I believe in sleep training at least you know at a, you know around that six month age um, we did as well and I, I'm curious since you did it both like what's your knowing what you know now would you have done it with your son or you're glad that you you're glad I, that you did it I probably would have done it with him um, and I did actually but it took me a year to do it um, because I was just like, okay, but I mean, there's different ways of doing it. So I, I can't remember her name right now, but they had this psychologist woman who had a book and then I actually went to see her, but it was mental for me. It was like hard for me to leave him crying. So she had a more gentle way of doing it where, you know, there was a whole program where you can go in the room, but you can't touch them, you know, and all these things. But the one thing she said to me that, that hit me to the core was like, your baby does not know how to put himself to sleep without being soothed. So you're actually holding him back, you know, mm-hmm. by not allowing him to empower himself. So mm-hmm. it's like, you're going to have to do it now or later. So when I thought of it that way, like I'm doing him a disservice by making him rely on me to put him to sleep. But I did do the, the um, you know, I had the little co-sleeper at the side. I would never change that because like, I truly believe, I mean, that's this human being just came out of my body. I'm not all of a sudden going to go put him in another room. No. You know, I want want him connected to me in there but at the same time I wanted him to learn to go to sleep on his own so I did I would I would say with my daughter like I said I I did the same thing with her I kept her and just gave her what she needed when she needed it up to six you know six months and then I started trying to at least put her down in the room where she could put herself to sleep I I want to learn from you and learn your ways as much as I so I'm the one with the four kids Uh um, and I just keep on just doing what you did with your first child eventually they do sleep in their rooms but bedtime is a struggle I mean and and maybe it'll be easy one day and it's like horrific the next day Um, it's also like trying to be in four different places at about oh the gosh. same oh, time. Yeah. It's just like brings tears to my eyes in like not always a nice way but <laughs> on, on, on a regular basis. And then the baby sleeps with me because I am nursing and then I was just too tired to like get up and put him down and then finally get back to sleep and then he wakes up again and that whole thing. But I, I always admire and wish I could be more like like people like you. Um, I did try um, a woman named Kim West. Um, she's the sleep lady. So I think she calls herself the sleep lady. And she does have like a more gentle approach and I I think I was like her failed student not because what she said she was like amazing absolutely amazing and I just wasn't behaving myself it was totally my fault and you can't force it if it feels good it feels good and I only got comfortable with it because my first daughter did it my my oldest did it for herself yeah like I would not I don't know that I would ever have seen what a difference it made in her demeanor and personality and just ability to thrive in her everyday life if she hadn't led me and been like I'm gonna sleep through the night now and watch what happens you know and then obviously once I only after she started sleeping through the night did I realize how truly run down and exhausted I'd been and that I'd been like running on fumes and pushing through for months on end because not not dissimilarly from you Leila you know you you're you're up all night with the babies but then you gotta get up and And be like chipper and cheery and go on tv and do your job and and it's hard when you're pulling from you know like brains with a hole in it you know (laughs) it's uh I mean I think I think about that I've I've been pregnant and or breastfeeding I'm not pregnant now but I got pregnant breastfeeding each child um, so I haven't had a break since December of 2012. So that's over six years ago. Go, and girl. 
and I'm and I'm tired and I like sometimes I I don't like I I mean we we have we call this you know podcast mom brain because of just that mom brain that we have not only just like topics they want to talk about but just like how like blitzed we are and like I just can't remember things sometimes and I think it's because I am so tired so I think that we would it would be a great gift that's going to be maybe one of my resolutions is to to get better like a little bit better with that sleep training yeah my husband and I argued over it so much I mean it was like because he he was just like you know he was talking to you know there's always somebody who raised kids it's like you just got to put them in the room and close the door and go and i was just like i'm not doing that you know but there was no system to it so like i said once i actually had someone that was like okay this i can do this will work for me it still wasn't easy but then i went ahead and did it but it was just kind of like and then of course then you hear see i told you you should just done a long time it was like no you did not (laughs) tell me the way that she told me because my husband's like, you always have to read a book you just don't want to listen to me i'm like look like just get out of here but even now we i mean even now like i still go in my kids rooms and i spend time with them you know we we read we say our prayers you know and sometimes we have conversations because everything's unplugged there's no ipads there's no tv there's nothing going Mm -hmm. on and they say Mm -hmm. things to me that they don't normally say you know like how their day at school was or somebody was mean to them so i cherish that quiet time with them and my my son has flat feet that so he started having foot problems and the doctor said oh you gotta ice his feet you gotta stretch his feet so it turned into me rubbing his feet every night oh this is lovely oh yeah come put me to sleep yeah so i'm saying like yeah so i literally every night is like therapy and a foot rub yeah i rub my son's feet my husband's like i'm gonna rub my feet too and i'm like the doctor said his feet needed to be stretched but now my son is like you know come rub my feet mom i'm like oh my god i'm like now i've got so now we're fussing about that he's like when are you gonna stop spending 20 minutes at night in the kids room i'm like i'm like i I like it. I like spending that time uh, with him. So yeah, I don't know if I'm the one. That's funny. To. What one day? One day you're going to be the mother-in-law that they're like, oh my god, and she rubs the feet. Oh, and this and she ironed his socks. Oh, trust me. Oh, his 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 whoever he picks is going to have a hard time. She's going to know how to cook. She's going to know how to mm-hmm. keep her house well. She's going to have to be a boss in her business. You know, she's going to have to be she's holding it down. I was like, don't worry. You find a woman you like, and I like. I'll train her son. Uh, <laughs> what what do you what what I feel do you the same way with my three. Oh my gosh, I get nervous because I don't, I, I don't know. The Aquarius in me can get a little like nobody, nobody's gonna be, nobody's gonna be good enough for our baby. I know, I know. Maybe that's it too. Uh, You just love them so much. What, what do you let slide? Because you are, you are just, you crush it in so many ways, and you know, you do do so much. What, where do you, what do you let slide, or what, what have you let go of since you've, you know, become a really busy working mom? I've let a lot slide. So, are you talking about just in terms of in my world? Um, Anything, anything you feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, you know, one of the challenges I have is just kind of keeping myself organized. Like I, you go in my closet, it's a hot mess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it just comes down to just having too much stuff. And you know how we do, you need you need new outfits for this and that and right. not having a system in place to get rid of stuff. You know, so I shoot a season of Homemade Simple and, you know, you need 44 different looks. So I got all this new stuff. And then when the season's over, you just put it to the side and then you bring mm-hmm. in more stuff. And I'm like, oh God, you know, so it's like, that is the like for me I'm just like in my next life I'm going to be so organized when it comes to like my closet because it stresses me out like I'll walk past a hump a pile and it bothers me every time I see it but I don't have time or I have something else that's more important to do than mm-hmm. stop and do that. And it just gets mm-hmm. put off and put off and put off. So that's what I would say. But I mean, in terms of just walking in my house, you would never know until you go upstairs to my closet. Like I would be embarrassed. <laughs> like I would like, oh my God. Yeah. I would want anyone to see it. 
Then I have my same section of stuff that I wear. It's like I want these jeans and that top. I don't even want to go through it because it's too overwhelming. Like I'm not trying to put stuff together. It's just like if you see me and I'm not working, I, I probably got jeans, t-shirts, and flip-flops on. So <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even have time to be sitting down to be worried about that. That's the thing. Like it's, there's certain things. And I also, to be honest with you, there's certain things that I just don't want to give my time to. I don't want right. to think about what I'm wearing. I don't want to, to spend time putting makeup on, doing my hair. Like I want to be low maintenance so that I can spend more time doing the things that I want to do, you know? So I don't, I won't take the time unless I absolutely have to. Like have I literally to took 15 minutes through this makeup on for this podcast, but I would not. And, and you know, I had a flip flops on cause you can't see my feet. So <laughs> <laughs> I made myself look presentable, you know, <laughs> but you're, she's naked from the waist. Right. Down. I know. It's I can't get up. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think about did your mentality, change as you as you got in the ring after becoming a parent you know we we uh we talked to ginger z and she's a you know storm chaser and she said since becoming a parent she's like a little bit more cautious um and you you do do something that is just so amazing and very dangerous sometimes you know so is uh, did it did that change or you just feel so comfortable and you're so used to it that this is it didn't phase you well when I was boxing because I'm not anymore when I was boxing I didn't have kids and that was in a thought my health or getting hurt or anything like that wasn't I mean obviously you know it can happen but you know I wasn't worried about that um I don't think that I could be a boxer now um having kids um, because, you know, I would never want anything to happen to me that I brought up on myself. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that I knew back then, I mean, I knew boxing was crazy. I mean, you're getting hit in your head, anything can happen, but that was my call and that's what I wanted to do. And I was prepared to deal with whatever came, came of it. But now just, you know, having children and thinking, thinking of, you know, anything that could happen. I was just like, I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. Even as far as training. Cause sometimes I just want to go and get some sparring in and actually box. But then I'm like, how crazy would I look for going and trying to spar at the gym just for a workout and then get hurt? You know? Right. Um, do you so miss I, it though? Do you miss? Oh that? yeah, I definitely, I definitely miss it. But I retired, um, not because I was having children, but because it was time to stop boxing. So I was going to miss it regardless. Right. But now when I think back to those women who I did fight that had kids, I'm like, wow, you know, they had a lot on their plate because all I had to do was focus on, I mean, I was so young in my twenties. All I did was like, okay, I'm going to training camp for t- 10 weeks. I get up, I run, I go back to sleep. I go to the gym, I work out, I get my rest, I eat, I maybe do weight training three times a week. And wow. I might watch fight tape or watch my tapes. And that's all I had to focus on. And now now to imagine the exhaustion that it took, the stress that you go through, you know, when you're getting ready for a fight and then to have right. to deal with children and doing homework and cooking and, you know, just all their emotional needs. It's just yeah. like, wow. So I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for those women that were fighting me with children. That's amazing. I, I, I can't even imagine having to have that many hours of your day devoted to truly physical strain like just absolute mm-hmm. putting out all your energy and then also have you know making school lunch and, and yeah, bedtime if, on your if, plate. if you want to do it in an elite level you know that's yes. a, which i wouldn't do it any other way so I'm, not everybody spends that much time you know some people you know it just depends on what you have to compare to some people thought they were training hard and they only spend two hours out of the day you right. know but it's like depends on what your expectations are what type of team you have and what your output's going to be but for me like i wouldn't have been able to do that in in box now Let's let's talk about that elite level, as you say, because I feel like, I mean, obviously your career, your husband's in football, like how do you 
If there's something you would take from your childhood that you try to give to your kids, how do you, where did that drive to be the best come from or that knowledge that you could work that hard come from? And do you and your husband try to give that to your kids in some way? Like, do you let them struggle? Do you let them fail? Do you, you know, push them really hard? Like, what's the, what's the trick? (laughs) I probably, you know, I actually had, I didn't have the type of parents that I want to be. Um, mm-hmm. growing up. So I learned a lot about wh- how I didn't want to be. Um, for example, my father being the greatest of all time and doing all the work that he did, he obviously couldn't be home and be focused and on his children when he's focused on saving the world, right? So mm-hmm. that's just part of, you know, the way that it was. So somebody had to suffer and then what happens is your, your children suffer. And then with my mom, she got remarried and we had a dysfunctional marriage and she just wasn't really there either. So I kind of did a lot of raising myself, didn't really mm-hmm. have um, guidance didn't have structure. So for me, um, I will always, you know, I kind of overcompensate. Like I don't, I turn things down. I don't travel a lot cause I want to be here for my kids. Um, and that's a choice that I've made for myself. My son, my husband is more, he grew up with structure. So sometimes he's telling me how to do things because, you know, if I didn't have it, I'll kind of get a little loose with certain things. So <laughs> he kind of comes in there and that's another thing that we fuss about because we don't always agree on things, but then we come to, to, you know, an agreement somewhere. But I definitely think that wanting to be my best came from, well, I think it's just in my DNA for one, because some people just naturally have that thing where I'm very competitive. I have drive and I, I, I understand that it takes hard work, you know, because I, I grew up, you know, like I said, things weren't handed over to me. Um, you know, I did a lot of things without the support of my parents because I wanted to be independent. I didn't want to have to depend on anybody because I learned at a very young age that you can't depend on people and that you got to sometimes do things for yourself. So I think that, you know, I'm going to live, lead by example for my kids. Um, for me, the main thing I focus on with my kids is teaching them about self-love, how to love others, how to have compassion. Um, and then, you know, as certain things happen, I'm like, okay, you know, I really need to work on that as well. But I didn't really, I'm not one of those people like, I'm going to have all this, you know, I'm kind of figuring out certain things as I go that unfold naturally as I see the time has come for them to mentally and spiritually be able to absorb it. Um, because yeah. I don't want to put too much on my children. Um, but I know that they have love, they have, you know, they have the support they have, they know that my daughter, I, I go out of my way to tell her you are perfect just as you are. And I wouldn't change anything about you. And she always says, mommy, do you love me? Mommy, do you think I'm pretty? And I'm like, you are gorgeous. You are this. So I'm like, she's thinking these things, you know, yeah. so I want her to feel like she is enough. You know, she is amazing. So I, those are the things that I make sure that I kind of drill in my, my kids. But, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I also don't want to overwhelm myself as a parent, you know? So it's like, cause we can't, none of us are going to be perfect and we're going to have to figure out things along the way. Cause not everything works for every child. Like I could, I could have a woman that say, well, I do this, this, that, and that, and her ch- kids turn out great. It might not work or apply to my child, you know? So. What do you do to take care of yourself? What do you do for your for your downtime, your mom time, your me time? My me time. Let's see. I definitely go get uh, my nails and pedicure every two weeks. That's something that's very important to me. I used to be a manicurist. So I'm like, 
you, oh, whatever, really? yeah, I did. I had a nail salon <laughs> yeah, before I started boxing. So that's just something that I love to do. And it's my me time. I get the extra massage and all that. Mm. I, oh, yeah. I love a yes. good pedicure foot massage. Oh, I, get so, oh. I get so mad when she's like, I don't have time today. I'm like, no, what? No, no, no. What? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I, and then I also get a massage. I have a masseuse that comes to the house at least a couple times a month um, who's excellent. So that's my me time as well. And I really just enjoy being in the kitchen. I enjoy putting my music on, cooking. And, you know, that I have to remind myself to slow down because I'm one of those people that just keeps going and going and going. And I always find something to do. It's, it's very seldom that you'll see me just kind of sitting down, relaxing, watching TV or just reading a book because I'm always like, oh, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. So I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I just turned 41 this year. And one of the things I'm trying to do is like tell myself I have a coach in my head that because I'm just like, you're not going to be able to keep going on like this forever. What are you going to keep doing this until you're 50 or 60? So you need to learn how to slow down now before you wear yourself out. So I'll make sure now that I take the time to say back and wait. Let me just sit down and enjoy my cup of coffee in front of the fireplace, in front of the TV, even if it's just for 10 minutes, I'll take Mm -hmm. that time to myself. It's hard. It is hard to work through, um, you know, there there are just people who want to keep going and there's so much to be done. And we as moms juggle 15 people's to do lists and you know, endless to do lists of our own. Um, it is hard to take that to take that time back. But um, but I think you're right. It's also it's a muscle. you got to train yourself and you have to remind yourself. And and those 10 minute blocks, they mean something that that is time for you to take a mental break. I'm curious because it sounds like you and your husband have um, a really fun but but sometimes different view of parenting and different view of like the right strategy. How do you problem? solve and how do you come to a unified front (laughs) (laughs) or do you (laughs) we're still we're still figuring that one out because he always you know says that you know i he's like when you know you you always want things your way and my thing is like no i like to because he'll say well we're gonna do this and i'm like um no we're not you know we're not gonna do that That we're gonna talk we're gonna talk this through so we're, familiar. Yeah, I'm Sounds like, we're so gonna, familiar. Yeah, and I tell him, I'm like, I never come to you and say, we're going to do this. I say, I think that this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree, but you're never just going to come tell me what we're going to do. Like, we're raising these kids together. And then we end up, I just don't like when we end up fussing and fighting. So I'm just like, let's just calm down and we're going to come to an agreement. So, like, for example, I have got, I've, I never thought I'd be one of these parents that would allow my kids to have as much screen time as I do. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is, is that, you know, you're busy. They've done their homework. They've done what they need to do. And then they're just like on their phone, their iPad, you know, and just like everyone else, they're, it's a, it, they're, people are addicted to it, right? So I'm yeah. noticing them walking up the stairs with it, trying to sit down and have their breakfast with it. I was like, okay, we have got to stop this because I'm talking to you like, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. She doesn't hear me. I'm like, Sydney! You know, yeah. and then she finally turns and I'm like, oh man. And we up until now had been kind of like, once you do your work, once you do everything, you know, you can kind of do what you want to do, whether you want to go play a video game or get on your iPad. And now I'm like, I think we need to cut that time down, you know, mm-hmm. because they're spending too much time on it. And so my husband goes from, you know, cutting the time down to let's just cut it out. And I'm like, um, that just seems kind of drastic. Like, like it feels like a punishment, you know, just to right. go from none all week 
you know, only on the weekend to, you know, you're allowed to kind of do it when you're, you know, I said, why don't we just cut it down to like half an hour or, you know, right. you have this much free time and you can choose to do what you want to do within that time frame to, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's, he's like, it's not a big deal. Kids will adjust. I was like, I know they will adjust, but what's the purpose of doing that? You know, right. so then we just kind of go, we end up fussing about it. So that's what we're dealing with right now. And what will end up happening is now nothing. We just haven't done anything. So now I'm going to have to bring it back up again and I'm going to, you know, be back to my. <laughs> so why don't we just try instead of just doing nothing, you know, like we're doing now, try my way, you know, so we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I mean, it's so hard because it's so important. And the choices that we make at, as parents are shaping who our children are, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm starting to see things in my son like, OK, he's kind of lazy. You know, he's like his temperament is a little lazy. He's just one of those those kids. And it takes a little bit more to get him fired up or motivated. So right. I'm seeing now like, OK, because I also have stepkids and, you know, my, my husband has three kids with his prior marriage and I've been able to see how they've turned out. You know, and there's certain things that I like and there's certain things that I don't like. And I can think back to certain things of why it me, might be that way. So it makes me look at my son and think, OK, what am I doing now that's going to contribute to the type of person he is? I don't want his motivation to just to come from if you don't do it, you're going to get in trouble. I want him right. to want to do it and understand why to do it. So what things can I do now? So those, that's how I kind of think. So, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, our kids are who they are. You know, they came they don't belong to us. They came through us. So it's mm-hmm. about kind of working with their temperament and what's in their heart and trying to just kind of shape them into who they're going to be. I mean, my my son, I don't want him to box. I don't want him to play football. And that's not what he wants to do. But a lot of people would have been trying to encourage him to go in that direction and putting that pressure on him because his dad played football or my father boxed. And this is what you need to be an athlete. But he's not athletic. He's just not. And most people would be like, oh, that's that's interesting. You know, so that was kind of for me, it was like, whoa, I didn't expect that from my own son, you know, and but it is what it is. He likes math. He likes to build. You know, he likes he wants to he like he wants to learn how to fly. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, but I have to kind of support him in in those things. So isn't that amazing? I mean, you you are an amazing mother. You're everything that I aspire to be. Did you, I, I know I brought this up one time before, not on this one, but on a different podcast, the Khalil Gibran, the children. Have you read The Prophet on Children? Oh, go read it. So Khalil Gibran, Prophet on Children. It's exactly what you're talking about there. Our children come th- come through us and they go off and that's our job is is to let them go and let them fly. And it, he says, seek not to to make them like you, but for you to, to be more like them because they're the future and we must constantly be going through the future. So that's, uh, that's absolutely amazing what you're saying. Now, I, I do want to talk a little bit more because I noticed that with, with my, my kids as well um, and, and having four and how they're all so different. You know, my daughter, Carmen, I'm running with her and she's like, mommy, I really don't like running games and she wants to sit down and she wants to draw and she wants to color. Oh yeah, Fila's all about a break, a good, well-planned <laughs> break. <laughs> and it's one of those things where where where's your advice with that? With how much do you listen to that and say you know, okay great, I want her to go with, with her wants and wishes and desires and passions and how much is like, you know what, but I'd like you to run around a little bit more or I'd like you to try this or I'd like you to try that and how do you make it not a thing? How do you not force them and make them unhappy, but encourage them to do something that's out of their, their, 
wheelhouse. Yeah, I've had to deal with that as well. Because like I said, my son um, is not very, he doesn't want to be active. It's just like, he doesn't enjoy it. It makes you feel bad when you feel like you're making them do something they don't want to do. And um, I truly believe that obviously kids need to have physical activity. I like the idea of kids being involved in sports, not necessarily to play you know, as, as an adult or, or I'm sorry, as a pro, but just from what you learn, you know, through a- athletics and, you know, the camaraderie and all of that stuff that goes along with it. But, um, you know, I think that you, they just have to do a certain amount, you know, where it doesn't feel like you're pushing too hard, um, mm-hmm. but that, you know, you're able to, but it's not, not because, um, you know, I just want you to do it. It's because this is what you need to do. So you need to choose some sort of form of physical activity, um, you know, where you're being active or you're moving your body, but try to choose one that's fun. You know, so I don't, some people have trampolines. You want to go jump on the trampoline. You want to go to the skating ring. You want to walk the dog. You know, what do you want to do? Do you guys want to play catch? Um, do you want to go get in a karate class, you know, something and then stay committed to it? And hopefully, you know, they'll learn young about moving their body and, and making the time for themselves to be active. Um, so so for me, like I said, it was just a matter of finding what it is that my kids like. And what I noticed is that, you know, my husband, he trains athletes and he was like, like, well, I'm going to train my son. And my son kind of just like, oh, now he has this negative attitude towards working mm-hmm. out and training. And I said, I noticed that when we drove to the park and you started catching the ball with him and throwing to him, like he had so much fun. He didn't want to stop because he didn't feel like I'm about to train you. It was like, Mm -hmm. we're just out there having a good time. So now my husband was like, you know, you're right. So he started doing that more with him. And then his attitude about it changed. So I think that, you know, it's important to try to, you know, make them have them be consistent and, you know, don't make them feel like every time they say they don't want to do something, that's all they have to do. You know, like, oh, that worked. I'm not going to do it anymore. It's like, okay, well, we're just going to do it a little bit longer, you know, but at the same time, when you see that they're just really not into it, maybe, you know, like say, for example, you're like, we're going to do this running four times a week and one day or two days out of the week, she wasn't feeling it. Just let it go. You know, Mm -hmm. don't, don't force them through it. So it's just really about, to me, that, that balance, you know, and having some leeway and not being so, so so strict and structured. Right. What about your daughter? My daughter is super active and she's just like a little jumping bean all around the house. Like she just, you know, she loves, um, you know, she'll try to come in the gym with me and do things that she doesn't need to do. And I'm like, okay, Sydney, that's enough. You know, so for her, <laughs> yeah, Sydney, Sydney's not going to be a problem. She's always getting involved, always having a good time. It's my son that I'm starting to see, you know, gaining a little bit of weight, um, you know, just kind of being lazy to the point mm-hmm. where he's just like, like I said, just thinking about his video games. Like, mom, you know, I, I don't get to play that much during the week. So, you know, I just noticed on the weekend that I'm not that good because I'm not getting my practice and he's trying to negotiate with me. And I'm mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. that's not what life's about. Life is not right. about being good at a video game. But then the problem is they see these YouTubers making millions of dollars and, you know, we're living in this world now where it's like, no, it actually is a career. Like you can oh, make money yeah. online. It's, and I'm like, oh, right. my God. It's so warped. It's crazy. Oh, right. it's, like, it's hard oh, to fight that as a parent, too, because look, it's fun. It's like, oh, I get to make money doing a game. It's fun. I am, I'm always intrigued by how we as parents relate to our kids, because to your point, you, you look, we're humans we know what we know from our life experience you know the kind of gratification and progress and success you're able to find through having an incredible grit and drive in your own that just that you had naturally but that you also cultivated same for your husband I remember my dad who was like you know loved sports always played them 
took a lot of pride in his athleticism. He had three girls before he got his son, the little the little princeling, yeah. my little brother. And uh, I distinctly remember my dad trying to like play all these sports with his girls because that was how he knew how to relate to us. He was trying to teach us about life lessons by having us, you know, struggle through a sport we weren't good at or be physically. So to, to, the reason I bring it up is because I was the kind of lazy, like I love sports, I do, but I didn't want to have to practice a lot. I didn't have to work really hard at it. I didn't like when I wasn't good at it. Um, and I remember uh, the way that he would kind of work through that because I would do it, but do it re- reluctantly. My second sister just kind of like, she's the artist and just sort of, you know, th- there was no way to access her because she just wanted to, to have her own have her own sort of world. And then my third sister, Zoe, is super, super athletic. So I remember my dad creating different competitions that each one of us would excel in one of these specific competitions. And he would always just just be like waiting for it to click for us. And there was if it it soothes you at all to know there was a point when it finally clicked for me. And what clicked for me wasn't necessarily that I was going to be some super athlete because I happen to be super clumsy. It was that um, it was that that feeling, which I think is what you were saying before you were trying to give your son of the personal gratification I got from seeing my own progress or from having success in something or from, you know, I was really overweight as a kid when I started losing weight in college, seeing how my ability to, to turn information I'd always had access to, but give it an emotional meaning in my life that was significant to me that made it part of my life. Not me trying to live out my dad's dream or live out the things that were significant to my dad, but make it part of my life. That's when it really clicked for me. And so on the one hand, I think it's really important that you share those loves and passions with your son and with your daughter too, because that's how they're going to get to know you. Like I feel like I bonded with my dad in such an important way by doing these ridiculous games and Oz Family Olympics <laughs> and like whatever. But I, but I also think... I respected him even more for not, he didn't want it for him. He wanted it for me. And I think that's what you're doing. That's what was so beautiful. What you said, you know, look, you're, you, you made these, you grew them, but they came out themselves and we have to honor that in some way too. They're their own, they're their own little people. Does your husband come? Did he come from an athletic family? Uh, No, he was the first athlete in his family. So he, um, but he's just, you know, like I said, he's just hardcore athletics but he also he's not the type of person that's going to push my son you know to play sports he wants him to have opportunities and he wants to guide and support him but that we are on the same page about we're not those parents that are like no you're going to be athletes and you know you're going to be a tennis player and you're going to be a basketball player and you're right. going to practice you know we're not like that how do you feel you know with your with your own childhood and and the path that you chose and and because that um was similar in many ways to your dad where how how do you feel like that was how how did that happen you know were you that little kid that wanted to go off with your dad and 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 emulate him was it a way to connect with him was it you know just that you were passionate about it and you loved it and it just naturally was who you were I not at all I mean I didn't I, I never was like I want to be like my dad I didn't even think to become a boxer until I saw women's boxing on television when I was about Eight, just turned 18 years old. And oh, I remember wow. thinking like, oh my God, how did I not know women box? And I was already like an entrepreneur. Like I said, I moved out the house when I, as soon as I turned 18, I had a nail uh-huh. salon because I had this, been doing nails. And Let's oh, see yeah. your nails, by the way. You They keep flashing by, but oh, I very know, nice. nice. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was like, doing my thing and getting ready to go to school. And I had all these big plans. And then I saw women's boxing and right away I was like, Oh my God, like, why? I what did you love? That. I always been a fighter. I'd always been that person that's like, 
I'll, I'll fight like if I have to I would never start a fight but like I would never start a fight I, I wouldn't start it but I was not afraid of it and I was this like this is when I'm sad this you is a podcast but you'll end it I, I, yeah, I was like right now. I had no I had no problem with confrontation and usually because my dad was Muhammad Ali I would sometimes you know people oh you think you're better or you know then I was also the good bully at school so like if mm. I saw someone picking on someone I would get in it and like mm-hmm. I would end up being the one getting into a fight so I got in trouble a lot growing up and I was in the principal's office so I was just kind of like, wow, how did I not know about this? Like, and I was like, I could be a world champion. So then I went home that night and was just thinking about it. And then, of course, then all the lack and fear and all that set in. Like, how would I do that? I don't know anything about boxing and I have this plan. So I talked myself out of it. And like a year later, I just kind of decided to follow my heart. And I started training kind of in secrecy to really because I understood what came with that being Muhammad Ali's daughter and, you know, the amount of pressure that would be on me. And could I even do this? So uh, I trained for a year and I ended up going pro. And I didn't even see it. I mean, I've always been like very like I'm my own person. and I'm going to do my own thing. So I've always been that child that that wanted to stand on her own two feet. So even though I was doing what my father did, I didn't see it as me trying to be like him. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. Layla Ali, not Muhammad Ali. I'm not doing the rope-a-dope. I'm not calling rounds. I'm not doing the Ali shuffle. No. Because, you know, of course, people used to ask me that. Are you going to do this? You're going to do that? I was like, that's my dad. That's not me. So I made that very clear from the beginning. And this is at a young age of like 19 Telling the world, like, look, I'm Layla Ali. I'm not Muhammad Ali. So don't have those expectations for me, you know? So um, then it wasn't until I got older and retired that I was able to really reflect and really embrace the fact that I actually followed in my father's footsteps, you know? So, but my father wasn't a part of my career. You know, I didn't consult with my father on anything. You know, I yeah, people of, must think you were getting like, you know, he was giving know, you the side tips and wrestling tried, as a kid. My and- father, <laughs> look, I'm, my father and I bumped heads like from growing up because I'm so much like him that yeah. it was just like and um you know I remember my dad trying to talk me out of boxing when he when it got around that I was gonna box he we had this conversation it was like our third like really serious conversation we had a couple before then and this was one of them and he says you know I hear you're boxing I'm like yeah it's true and he's like he tried to talk me out of it indirectly he says you know you, do you know how hard it's gonna be the whole world's gonna be watching you. the pressure is gonna be on you and I'm like dad I've been thinking about this I've already thought about it and I'm ready to deal with it and of course I'm so young he thinks she just doesn't know what she's talking about Right. And he says, you know, well, what if you get in the ring and you get knocked down and everyone's watching? And I said, well, then I'm going to get back up. And he said, well, what if you get knocked out? And I'm like, well, that's just not going to happen. But if it had, <laughs> you know, if it happened, I would just ask for a rematch. So finally, that none of that was working. And he was just like, it's just too hard. It's not for women. It's a man's sport. It, you don't belong in boxing. And I was just like, dad, you know what? We've disagreed before. And, you know, I respect how you feel, but I'm going to do it. This is what I'm doing. So you're either going to support me or you're not. But he, regardless, I'm going I'm going forward with it. So he, of course, decided to support me. Um, and he was at as many of my fights as he could be at with the sickness, but he didn't have anything to do with my day-to-day career or my training or my choosing of my team or my trainers or any of that. Wow. That's amazing. Now, did, did you keep your nails nice? While <laughs> no, no, no right? I tried. I tried. So, no. so I, I had to, you know, I couldn't have my nails long because what ended up happening is a crack down the middle and then I have oh, bloody gosh. nails. So I have like a layer of acrylic over my own nail and I tried to even take them all the way down short. But the pressure from bending your hand, it was just like right in the middle of your nail. Mm-hmm, and then, they, mm-hmm. then, they, then, uh, then I can't even punch because it hurts. And I was like, okay, this right. makes no sense. So I had to let them go. So when I was boxing, I had no nails. And then like, you know, because if, I would fight like a couple times a year. So remember, I'd be in training camp 
for 10 weeks. And but leading up to that, I could be a lady. <laughs> uh, so what what are some of the like weird either training habits or rules or like get give us a little behind the scenes of women, women's boxing i mean i feel oh, like there's got to be it's so different. many yeah it's different for everybody so with boxing being an individual sport there's no way that you have to be and everyone does it different but i would definitely say that you know for me you know when you're when you're getting ready to go into training camp, it's like everything else stops. There's no hanging out. There's no going out. There's You don't even deal with certain people because you want to be in a certain mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to know who to surround yourself with and have your support around you. And then making sure that you're eating clean, making sure that, you know, you're just staying 100 percent focused because you're going into war and you and you know that. So but I mean, one of the rules is supposedly leading up to the fight. No sex. You know, that's just kind of like. Wait, a, why? What, what, it, it, you know, for men. You have to stay for, a little frustrated. I, I would think for what? men. Yeah. yeah, I would think for men um, over the years, it was kind of like thinking about just having all of your energy, not letting mm-hmm. that go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. for 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 me, I never thought that really had anything to do with it. But I think it just, you know, just. I don't, I don't, what I don't want, I wouldn't even want to have sex because I don't want any feelings of femininity. Like, you know, in, in terms of oh, that, like being that in that position, you know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. be in a position of strength and, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be able to re- relax down to the point that you need to be, you know, to be intimate yeah. or you're supposed to be anyway. Maybe some people are, t- t- <laughs> you know, have tension anyway, you know what I mean? But I mean, <laughs> you know, but I mean, to the level of it, now that I know in my 40s, the way it's supposed to be right, you know totally. um, yeah it's just like back then i would never have wanted to like let go like that like i was like on i was ready to kick somebody's ass so yeah you yeah. want to keep it all bottled up <laughs> wait so how did you okay so that's really interesting though so how did you reaccess the femininity coming out of training camp after the fight when you got to be a lady for that you know month-long period how did how did you bring that femininity back to life it just was it just happens naturally it's just literally a switch goes off you know it's kind of you think of you as when you're in that mama bear mode Mode, right mm-hmm. it's like you just it just it's like boop somebody flips that switch when you're like you're just on and then you can kind of just relax when you don't feel you know threatened anymore so it's kind of that that same thing it's not something i had to think about doing it just kind of happened mm-hmm. naturally you know if somebody told you right now you know daphne you're gonna go outside and somebody's gonna try to whoop your ass as soon as you walk Ooh, out of that ready. office <laughs> you you would be like you would just change all of a sudden your whole makeup would change you know mm-hmm. you'd be like oh my god or whatever you're gonna do but then you know if you you you're a whole different person when just naturally when you don't have that in, going on in your life. So it just, it was natural for me. Amazing. Now what's your, what's your go-to workout now? I like to mix it up. Like this morning I got on my Peloton uh, cycle. So I, I really am loving that. I also have a home gym and I have a treadmill. I have some elliptical stairs. I have a heavy bag. So I would say my favorite go-to workout is just a circuit where I'll do like 15 minutes on the heavy bag, which is kind of a warm up. Then I'll get on my uh, treadmill. I do some sprinting. Then I might do another 15 minutes on my elliptical stairs and then just do some free weights, like light weights, high rep some some uh, floor work, you know, some sit-ups and things like that and work out for about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but then today, like when I don't have a whole lot of time and I don't want to think, I just want to be, you know, I want it to be easy. I'll just go get on my Peloton. Well, not easy, but you know what I mean? Just kind of yeah. just follow, yeah. go with the flow. Then I just get on my Peloton. I did like 30 minutes and then I did, they, they do um, 10 minutes of arms. So it was good. 
Are you a good self-motivator to, to work out? Definitely. Yeah. Right now I'm dealing with some thyroid issues, some Hashimoto's, and I'm at a place where I've like, for like the past year, I've had this 15 pounds that I just cannot get off. So no matter what I do, so I'm on a new health protocol right now, and I'm trying to just kind of balance my my thyroid medication. You know, I try to mm-hmm. go on nat- nature thyroid natural, now I'm back on synthetic. So it's like, it's a really challenging time for me because I've never been able to not um, you know, attain a goal that I'm out to right. reach, especially when like, you're like not even hardly eating, you're working out and you can't get this weight off. So for oh, me, so for me, yeah, for me, I'm just like, wow, but I'm, I, it's a challenge. So I look at it that way and I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And I'm yeah, you're, sh- you're, yeah. you're going to get it. I look oh, at yeah. her face. She's like, oh, I you're know. Gonna, no problem. Gonna no, 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 I know, I know. We, have, we have to let you go soon, but I do want to know um, about gels versus acrylics versus natural <laughs> nails. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I would say this, it's all stuff on top of your nails and your own natural nail can't breathe, you know? Yeah. So um, it's just really a matter of preference. I've done gels before. Um, I like the bio gel, you know, that, that is really strong. But th- what I don't like is when you have to soak your hands in acetone right. because yeah. that chemical and you just, you know, our, our, our skin is our largest organ. So, you know, I'm one of those people who I pick my poison because, mm-hmm. you know, all you got to limit your exposure to all these chemicals and all these right. toxins. So I'm, I'm definitely using my clean, you know, earth friendly cleaning products and, you know, the right kind of deodorant and, you know, but when it comes to like makeup and nails and things like that, that's where I kind of let certain things slide. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you definitely want to reduce your exposure, but yeah, I'm doing acrylic right now. I have the pink and white powder, um, because I don't like, uh, having to go get my nails done anytime something comes up. So right. they always look good. So I'm doing yeah. that for a while, but then I get tired of that and I go back to gel. So, you know, but yeah, it, it, your nails will grow back. So as long as you're going to, a nail technician who is taking care of your nails, like for example, if they're using a drill, they're not drilling too hard where they damage your nail. Then, you know, once you take, if you were ever to take the nails off, you're going to have thinner nails and you're going to have to take six months to let a whole new nail bed grow out basically. So Um, on the podcast, we like to ask our guests uh, for one favorite thing. It can be any, like you said, you know, you have um, cleaning products and deodorants and things like that, but what's the one thing that you're obsessed with right now that you want the world to know about a product? I would say my Cuisinart mini prep um, food processor. I absolutely love um, because, you know, it's a, it's a small food processor. So whether it's onion or garlic or whatever I'm cooking, I can just put it in there quick. And I, I do a lot of uh, rice zucchini. Um, mm. I hide that in my taco meat and my pasta or whatever it is. It's just get veggies in my kids' meals for mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it just makes it really easy. And I'm telling you, I just, I just wouldn't want to live without that thing. Nice. And where can we follow you? You can follow me on social media at The Real Layla Ali on Instagram and Twitter. And I also have a Facebook page or you can go to my website, LaylaAli.com. And, you know, I got my cookbook, Food for Life, that's available everywhere books are sold. Soon I'll be coming out with my own nutrition product called Uplenish that I'm super excited about and my own line of spice blends called Layla Ali Spice Blend. So obviously, if you go to any of my pages or my website, you can get more information about all of that. Oh, I'm so excited. Very Check good. I know. Exciting. exciting. This is a bat. All right, guys. That was Layla Ali. You know, again, she's she's such a force of nature. She is like that perfect mix of like super f- 
feminine and intensity you know, and, too. And she's just so like intense. After it. It's so and great. you definitely want her on your on oh, your side. If I you're... was thinking about that the whole time. I was like, damn. <laughs> if anyone wants to fight me ever, yes. just like give me one second so I can call <laughs> Layla. Call Layla. <laughs> get my get my crew together. <laughs> no, but you know what? I love that. I actually really, really love that conversation about the masculine versus the feminine and how in her lifetime she's had it's I mean, it's really fascinating to think about the fact that she's a world a literally world class undefeated champion in boxing and also was a manicurist. Like yeah. it's like the most And she start and she started training when she was eighteen years old. I mean, that's just like extraordinary that she was able to do something at such a high level. And she just was like, mm, kind of picked it up. I'll pick this up <laughs> yeah. now. But then you listen to her grueling training schedule yeah, and you no, understand no, no. how no, she. No, of course. Um, she, she definitely worked for it. But, but you, you know, you. It's, I always love picking people's brains who've pursued that kind of, that level of excellence and just achieved that much because, especially when you enter parenting, it is. It is interesting how we try to give our kids the things that we learn, the things that were really important in our lives and valuable to us, but also trying to recognize that maybe it's not going to be their calling or maybe it's not going to mean the same thing to them that it meant to us. So I thought she was really thoughtful about that. And I absolutely loved chatting with her. Now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. Mine this week is about my hair. Um, so I am a big fan of of having a bit of a, a curl in my hair. And um, I was never somebody who could do my hair well. And it felt really, I have to say, it felt kind of debilitating. I don't have like that nice hair that you can just wash and like let dry. And then it, like it, it's like looks like sticks if that if that happens. It's not <laughs> it's not a pretty it's not a pretty look. Um, and I always had to get it, you know, done up. And I, I would be that person who would like, I mean, especially, you know, considering my job, I would go in like, you know, two or three times a week and, and get it, right. you know, touched up. And then I discovered the beach waver. And the beach waver is this curling iron that has like this little clip and you press a button and you put the end of your hair in and then it goes like zzzz and it goes all the way up. You hold it there for a couple seconds and then you and then you let it go and you have like nice curls. And I, it was completely life changing and it felt very um, uh, liberating that I didn't have to rely on somebody else to do my hair. I mean, right. of course, I still love to like go and go and get my course, go get like, my blow out. It's good out. to get it. It's on good your own to if be you able to. to be self sufficient, and so it was completely life changing. I also like that you know I if I can be going out to dinner and like my hair doesn't look that great and I don't have time to like blow my hair out, so I can on hair that doesn't look that great. Just touch I can it just up. touch it up, put mm-hmm. some curls in there, shake it out a little bit, and you know people are like, "Wow, did you get your hair done today?" I'm like, "Kind." <laughs> No, I love that. I do love that. And I love a curl too. I I feel like I'm always experimenting with different irons and seeing what lasts and what, um, what kind of curl I really like. Yeah. Um, okay. So funnily enough, my recommendation this week or my favorite thing this week is also in beauty. Um, I'm going to tell you upfront that this product is annoyingly expensive. Like I, uh, I just, I really try to avoid things like that because in theory it's a lipstick. Okay. This is, (laughs) I'm going to say I'm telling you what this is because people ask me constantly what lipstick I wear and what the lipstick that I wear most frequently. And it is this one. I, if I'm ever at a loss for what to wear or if I want my like everyday lipstick, it's this color and this shade. It is the Givenchy Le Rouge Intense Color Sensuously Matte Lipstick in number 106 Nude Guaypore. Um, it is 
the perfect pinky nude um and it's creamy but not like slick looking mm. like i'm not a big fan of shiny lipstick mm-hmm. i think it's very dated and this is matte but not drying which is mm-hmm. another thing that really drives me crazy now i'm telling you the real real i'm giving you the real thing i'm also telling you that i think it's like 45 dollars, um which is insane for lipstick and if anyone out there has a shade that looks like this and a texture and consistency that they like as much as this please send it my way i would be thrilled to know about it maybe i'll have to make my own line of lipsticks to make sure that i can like create this again but um that's for all you ladies who are always asking me about my favorite lipstick um i find lipsticks kind of last rosy. a while too lipsticks do last a long time and um have you ever finished a lipstick do you know i you know what i started doing i scrape it out now and i melt it into a lip tray because i because yeah once you get to like kind of the weird bottom part you kind I of forget about it anywhere close to that really no you just get I've, bored and you move to a new one i mean i don't know i guess i don't wear a lipstick very often because i eat it <laughs> <laughs> the, the question is color that's what your is, signature color i feel like no i do this like pretty liner I do like a line around thing. yeah i'll do a lot of times i'll do a line um and then I like color it in a little bit. And I find that that kind of lasts longer, especially because yeah. I am that person that plays with my lips a lot. Bad, bad, bad <laughs> habit. Know, muy mal, Ilaria, muy mal. Um, but um, wait, I was going to, I was going to, um, wait, oh, I already gave my favorite thing. Man, <laughs> see how much fun this part was? I was going to give you guys <laughs> Extra, another favorite thing. Double Have you dose. tried that? Okay, I'm going to a little bit because I just want to like go back and forth with you. Have you tried the buxom ones? Yes. Love, love. They've yes. got really nice pencils and they've got nice like no, they have a nice they have a nice Their whole line, line too. Nice. And I like mm-hmm. that it has some natural lip plumping agent in it, so you oh, get like a little it? extra boost. Oh, Maybe yeah. not in the lip liner. Maybe not in the liner. But in the lip glosses I know there's something. You know what I use for natural lip plumping? Hmm. My lips are just always chapped. I know. They're always like inflamed. <laughs> they're, they're always inflamed. People be like, do you get your lips done? I'm like, like, yes, I licked them and ran outside. They feel horrible. They're stinging. But I'm glad they look good to and you. And they have a good color when they're they stained got a good too. Color. They get like that it, it, nice, like slightly darker red. Oh gosh. Exactly. This is real mom brain, guys. It's real. All right. Um, that's uh, that's it from us this week. We will we'll chat with you next week. Until next time. Oh, 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 yeah. Mom brain. Remember to like, review, give lots of stars, um, swipe up on Instagram. We're not doing this while Cal is rolling his eyes, but you know what? I know he's going to use this part and not make me do another cake. (laughs) And please, please, please email us because that's one of our favorite things. Speaking of our favorite things, mombrainpod at gmail.com subscribe did i forget that one cal no i got it i'll just say it again you guys get it all right you know the deal you know the the drill this is mom brain with Ilaria baldwin and daphne oz mom brain is a gallery media group original production